Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. Today's episode is focused towards those who are pastors, builders, visionaries, leaders who know there is more. And even though they may have been tempted to walk off, they cannot do it because what they know is that the Father is not yet satisfied, therefore they cannot be satisfied. They know that it will not be by might and by power, but by the Holy Spirit. Listen in today, there's about to be a shift in your conversations with Him and with your people as God works deeply inside of you to get you ready to lead them into a culture of discipleship, personally and corporately. Take a listen. I hope it encourages you today. Hey, everybody. Great to be together today on Tent Talk. Let's jump right in today, and I want to talk with you about really getting ready to build a culture of discipleship personally and corporately, because all of these things begin to flow together because it's not a program, it's a process. And as you've heard me talk about many times on Tent Talk, it is organic. It is not synthetic. Synthetic means that it's man-made, but organic means it is derived from living matter. And God is life, and all of this must proceed from Him. I love that He takes the responsibility to birth us and to build us. You can rest assured that if God made it, my friends, He means to mature it. If He birthed it, He means to build it. So even though... Uh, We've just finished a series in January uh, specifically on building a culture of discipleship personally and corporately. I want to remind you this is not a topic to me. This is my assignment. And I know that in the 20 plus years that I've been hidden away with God because I personally needed every single minute for him to deal with me personally for him to work in me. Because what we need to be more than anything, I think, in this hour is we need to be the message, not wagging our finger at people and telling them what they need to do or taking our gifting out on a walk like it's our money maker and just using it to, you know, uh, be our income and our salary. Uh, this must be our assignment that comes out of our deep oneness with Him and the gifting and the maturing that He has had to do in us. And then all of that begins to flow out into the assignment wherever it may uh, send us. Because remember, it doesn't really take that much to get people to invite you, but to be sent is a whole nother story. Are we those who are sent out like arrows? Is the Father able to reach back and pull out of his quiver 
Suns that can be zeroed in and focused in and shot out by him to walk in relational connections that are going to be solid and clean and pure where we understand his kingdom is going to be built because of relational connections, sovereign connections that don't just come from, you know, I know this friend in ministry and they let me preach at their church. I'm not saying necessarily there's anything wrong with that, but that cannot be the backbone and the foundation of how it is that we minister. Are we being truly connected in our home area where we live and in our particular maybe geographical location and being sent out to other places? Are we those who understand more and more what he's doing in this time right now? Not just that we discern the season, but we know what to do. So I just want to make clear up front, this is not just my topic on Tent Talk podcast. This is my assignment. And so today I want to, you know, talk about um, the people because the church is people. If there's going to be a government inside that church, it's going to be because there are people who have learned to allow the Holy Spirit to rule them, and now they are fit to serve the people and to rule for the purposes of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not building man's kingdom, but truly now allowing what God has done inside of us to begin to break out so that we move and identify with God in his purposes within the church for this hour of history. So I'm going to speak in the context of what I know that I'm called to do and what he's given me and, for lack of a better way of putting it, the vocabulary that he gives me to be able to talk about that. And I don't expect that every single person may find that it resonates with them, but I am watching and listening for those who it does resonate with. You know, God is looking to go back into places uh, where he wrote a word over those places for his purposes. And then through the work of the independence of man and, of course, then the demonic strongholds that were built, he's looking to go back into those places and to establish strongholds of his life. Because life, my friends, is about to swallow up death in nations, in lives, in homes, and in churches. And so Jesus came to bring life and an abundance, a massive stronghold of life. And you know, I live right here in Sealy, Texas, which is just right in the radius of the birthplace of Texas. And, you know, abortion came into the United States of America uh, through the courts of Texas. And then death spread to this nation in that particular sense. And we have allowed a semantic infiltration, okay? I want to use this word that I have learned is used in diplomatic uh, dealings and negotiations where uh, an enemy wants to get in the course of negotiations to get the other nation or nations to start using their language. 
It's called semantic infiltration. And what happened through uh, Texas is that a semantic infiltration um, came and began to try to normalize death so that it looked like it was this great aspect of freedom and choice and and life. But isn't this how the enemy works? He always loves to make death look like life and life look like death. This is what he did in the garden. This is what he still does. And so what's happened is there has been this unbelievable semantic infiltration into not only just the lives of those who may be proponents of abortion, but somehow, my friends, in the church, to where we begin to be silent, we begin to say what the enemy says, and, uh, you know, maybe it is just a person's choice, and this is just the way things are, and, you know, I guess it's not yet, you know, time for this, that, and the other. But, my friends, God is going to come back to those places where hell got in, and hell had to have a person, hell had to have a people that got together collectively and uh, began to give their whole heart and soul to a crusade. And then guess what it did? It broke out in one place and then it broke out all over the place. And it has always been the original plan of God that through his sons, through those who were united with him in oneness through Christ, all right, that uh, we would ourselves be strongholds of his life. Our churches would be strongholds of his life, places where he can pitch the tent of his presence and he can dwell in power and in glory that affects every aspect of culture. All right, that, that we would move in this way uh, and that he would be able to be known, and his sons would be expressions of his life and extensions of his authority. Not to control culture, but to deeply influence culture, and by his very goodness, draw all men unto himself. So we have to be those. Are we personally becoming strongholds of his life, that in our spirit, who we are, Right? We talked a little bit last month about our identity. Are we a stronghold of his life? This is why it cannot be that the very people of God who have become strongholds of his life, having his very life within their spirit as they are born again, cannot continue to speak semantic infiltration and continue to speak the language of the devil and continue to speak the language that says, I'm still a sinner. I'm really still basically, you know, just a stronghold of death. And I do try to do a few righteous things, but, you know, I'm not really able because I'm a sinner. So my friends, this is why I don't want you to just have a nicer self-image and better self-esteem and think highly of yourself, more highly than you ought, all right? I want you to know who the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit made you to be through their labor upon the cross, through every working and outpouring of Holy Spirit to ignite life within his people that then it might in every way possible begin to be an open, powerful, true, real, authentic, 
organic, intimate expression of him. Now, these are the people, the pastors, the builders, the visionaries, the leaders that I am watching for and listening for, because I believe that there are those who are in core assignments of leadership within God's church that know that they themselves, their leaders and their churches, their people, they know there is more. And they are about to get ready to be willing to pay whatever price that may be and to really put in the investment of time and development to see the people of God be matured and grow into this powerhouse of intimate and organic relationship with God so that there can be what John 15 says is the absolute production uh, of the life of God through them. Now that takes on different looks, different assignments, because God has given men and women of God different vision if you will, different aspects of his life. And so this is not a cookie cutter, one size fits all. This is something that can be custom uh, designed, if you will, just as sure as God has custom designed you and your church and your assignment and your people. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. Now, these are usually people who, if they could, okay, if they could walk off, they would because they've just come to the place. They're like, if I have to organize one more Sunday service, I don't know what I might do. If I have to work all week just to make sure that, you know, the lights are working and the fog machines are going and the, you know, the social media is working and the, you know, um, graphics are correct at church. I Really, I mean, this is not what I'm giving my life for. Now, we all understand those are all two tools that need to serve the purpose. But if this is what begins to consume our time, a true builder is like, no, this cannot be. This cannot be my destiny. They know deep within that they are there to build the church that Jesus is building, the one that the gates of hell will not prevail against, where there will be no semantic infiltration. It will be the powerful, cutting, dividing word of God that goes forth and literally separates people, spirit and flesh. People begin to see who they are. They begin to live in the power of the spirit. There is such a robust and invigorating love of God that it infiltrates the house and every everything that they do. They know that they are called to build. And even though there have been many moments where they could walk off and find something else to do, they are gripped by the Father himself. And they cannot be satisfied, listen carefully, until the Father is satisfied. Until what it says in Isaiah 53, 11 and 12 comes to pass, which is where Jesus, it says of Jesus, that he would see the fruit of the travail of his soul. And he would, he would be satisfied. And then he would divide the spoils with the mighty. Okay, and the Holy Spirit will not be satisfied, my friends, until the Father and Son have everything they desire. Maturing sons, living in that robust 
love-invigorated faith that it speaks of in Galatians 5, 6. You see, these are those who know that God is ready to prepare his people to live with him, in him, and to allow him to express himself through them. And then we got to get down into the specifics of that. These are people that also know that the public pulpit cannot accomplish what only the Holy Spirit was sent to do in private. And they're no longer going to try to push and shove and motivate and inspire from their public pulpit. They know that they will herald the good news, not the nice news, the good news of Jesus Christ. They will, will, they will herald it. They will announce what God is doing. They will teach. They will preach. They will do what God has put into their hearts. But many preachers right now are about to shift and become uh, builders. Many pastors right now who have been attempting to just try to keep doing what they've been doing realize there is a shift coming to the entire way that they lead their corporate body their church right now. I am coming for the pulpit of America and in nations because I know that it is the mouthpiece that speaks into the church and I believe it is a mouthpiece that speaks into the very uh, culture of the nation. And that means then that the pulpit has got to experience a deep move of God for themselves personally. And though this may be difficult, I believe that it is a decisive time for many pastors, preachers, evangelists, prophets, uh, teachers, and those who move apostolically, who are the builders, all right? And so my heart is turned towards them uh, to come alongside them and to invigorate uh, calling and to begin to bring strategy and to begin to disciple, which means to help mature the people. Now, I am a part of redefining discipleship, all right, because this isn't just about let's go back and just do these little simple things, teach a class. Now, we're talking about a true way of beginning to release the message into the house to begin to see it actually happen. God's way, which is that it takes one disciple to make another disciple. There has to be a culture that begins to be built. And, you know, my heart is to come alongside those who are the true heroes in this hour. It is those who have been given that massive responsibility to lead and to build the church. All right. And to see them be all that they are called to be so that the people of God, all right, the people of God, can actually begin to rise up and can begin to live as who they are. Because none of this, my friends, will be done by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the living God. You know, this not by might means it's not going to be by many, and it's not going to be by the tenacity of one person's will. That's what it means, not by might, not just by we've gathered a lot of people and if we're just all really sincere, we'll be able to get this done. No, and it's not going to be uh, by not by might and not by power, not by the tenacity of one person's will. All right. It is going to be by the Holy Spirit infused into the lifeblood of a believer 
and into the lifeblood of the church. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You know, this is when there begins to be a real true shift in conversations. So God is looking for people, all right, to be strongholds of his life. Leaders, pastors, builders, visionaries, those who are willing then to get together in leadership side by side, shoulder by shoulder, and work more in team, more as a company, if you will, of jealous sons. They want the father to get what he wants, and no one's trying to build their own kingdom. They are given to building his kingdom. And so this begins to happen where no one person carries the entire burden. Now, there might be one person who ultimately carries the weight by the assignment of God of making some final decisions and spearheading it, but they become really the servant of the whole team to make sure that the team of leaders makes it to where God is taking them. So first, we've got to really see who are those people out there right now that may be hidden away? You know, I believe that smaller churches are going to be kingpins in this move of God that's coming because they don't have as much to dismantle. And uh, they're ready, if it need be, to dismantle. They're ready to let God build that new wineskin, that new structure. And not in some reckless way, but in a strong, steady way led by the Spirit. And so what happens is there uh, begins to be a shift in conversations and they go just like Nehemiah did, who was a, a magnificent builder, all right, uh, that he went from I to we. Now he was I because God anointed him to come with the vision and with the burden and God gave him provision, provision for the vision. And God sent him to the place where he would labor and build. But when he got there, it began to shift. Uh, like in Nehemiah 2:17, it says, Then I said to them, You see the bad situation we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates are burned with fire. And he says, Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a disgrace. Let us rise up and build is then what the people began to say. There, be, there is a shift in conversation. And I'm, I must say, it also has to be the internal private conversation, not just public preaching. When the pastors, leaders, builders, visionaries begin to say, it's not I have been doing everything. I have done everything I can. I have been faithful. No, it begins to be a broken I, meaning I, Father, may have been trying to do all of this in my own strength, thinking that's what you expected. I, Father, have attempted to build this church um, maybe for your glory, but I was trying to do it in my own tenacious will. And what begins to happen is a shift of the internal conversation. So there is truly, truly a shift in the external public conversation and it begins to really go from I to we. Let us come together and labor together so that we can begin to get very specific about the call upon our church for our specific area and then the specific sendings out 
from our local church? Where are we sending people out into culture, out into business, out into uh, entertainment, and out into education, and out into government? Where are we? Not only the the equipping and building. It's not just so that you can function inside the four walls of the church, but where are we sending people out into culture? This is what is so, so very important. But I must say to you, because I'm going to get into this in, in next week's podcast, is that you must understand and have that maturing mindset as leaders that just like with Nehemiah, when the people said, let us do this, and if you read in Nehemiah, Nehemiah 3, because what I just read from you to you was from Nehemiah 2, is if you read Nehemiah 3, you will find that literally the entire building of their new culture, okay, the entire work that as people got more and more specific, every single line in Nehemiah 3 says that they rose up and it gives specific names and specific locations on the wall and it just goes line by line to by line. It says next to them was this one and he was repairing this part of the wall. Verse 8, next to them was this son of, of, you know, he was one of the goldsmiths and next to him was this one and this one. And they get very, very specific about their assignments and people begin to give themselves uh, to the work, to the Lord uh, voluntarily and from their deep freedom. All right. This is where it goes from personal freedom to corporate freedom and real grace leads to real works, my friends. And it begins where they start getting very specific. They give themselves to God in the day of his power. And my friends, read carefully. Read carefully verse 1 of Nehemiah 4 where it says, But when Sanballat, which represents the enemy, heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and in a great rage, and he ridiculed the Jews. Now, this is where I'm going to pick up for next time's podcast, but I want you to understand when you get specific, all of heaven will be unleashed to um, assist you in your labors because it is by my spirit, says the Lord. But you better get ready because the enemy gets desperate and he starts throwing everything at you. And I want you to be ready for that and prepared for it deeply within. This is why one of the first things I love to do when I come into a new church or organization to work is I'm not looking to have the public pulpit as much as I am the ear of of the, the pastor, his core leaders, core leadership more in let's set aside some time just to just to talk and visit and work with leaders first before we start trying to, you know, just uh, get a public pulpit where we can preach. That's not my heart. I'll do it, but that's not my heart because I know that the real work is going to happen in the in the private place of a person and in really the private um, behind-the-scenes workings within those who are about to lead the full church into this new epic of time, this new era with God, this new wineskin. So I want to leave you with this, is that I am after the very heart 
of those lead sons who are ready to be strongholds of his life in their particular location. Because I promise you, God is sending me out into places where there have been strongholds of death, the stronghold of the ridiculing and mocking spirit that comes against the church. And you may have been there for years or months, and you know that you're up against something that is not relenting. But I'm here to say to you, God has a strategy, and God will send people to you to come alongside you. And you don't have to hire every single one of them full-time. I'm not looking to be hired full-time. I'm not even looking to be hired. I'm watching and listening for those who sense maybe a relational connection that God has sovereignly put together for such a time as this. So I hope that this encourages you today. And if you have uh, leaders that you would want to have listen to this, please share it. And uh, let's be encouraged that God is going to make a way and we can begin to be strongholds of his life. We can take hold of our assignments with new uh, energy and invigoration by the Spirit, and it will happen. So I look forward to the next time where we'll continue to talk about once those people give themselves to Him, uh, then the process begins to really unfold. All right? Thank you so much for being with me today. I love you all, and we'll talk soon. Bye. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.